welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, where each episode Mark and I take a plunge down a pipe into the cinematic sewer and flush out the very best of the very worst of cinema. This episode... Oh, Jesus fucking... Um, it's Batman and Robin. There's no... <laughs> I can't dress this one up. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I've always had sort of you know, mixed feelings about this film because I, I've only ever, until this weekend, I'd only ever seen it once, which was uh, at the cinema on World Cinema Day in '97 when it came out, and I quite enjoyed it because I was you know, young and it was you know, it was stupid. Um, but I, I remember there being lots and lots of things wrong with it, and then having put it on yesterday uh, or Saturday, whenever it was, to actually sit down and go through it. Oh my fucking god! Yeah. Now I'm holding you fucking responsible for this one because this is the one. This is the one that I swore I would not rewatch. I was like, I'm not buying this fucking thing. I'm not rewatching this thing. Ah, oh, fuck, man. I don't know. I, I just, I rolled over like a bitch. Um, it, it was, it was cheap. I, I picked it up cheaply, so I was like, yeah, okay, fuck it. And it came as a double pack with. Uh, Batman Forever as well, and I quite like Batman Forever if I'm honest. Although I haven't rewatched that in quite some time, so maybe that's not that good either. Um, but oh, Jesus, look, any, anybody that's been listening to our shows for any length of time will know that I'm a huge Batman fan. Um, so ergo, it probably doesn't surprise you too much that I fucking hate this film. Um, even <laughs> I, to be fair, like you said at the time. Um, this shouldn't be an excuse, particularly since I was a film student when this came out. But at the time, I think because we didn't have anything else, I kind of just rolled with it. I knew it was bad. I knew it was fucking horrible. And it was certainly the worst iteration of Batman I had ever seen. But I was still like, yes, yeah, Batman. So I went with it. Um, well, I think that's it. I mean, like we, I think we were sort of chatting... Um... Uh, via message um, while I was watching this on Saturday night, and I think the saving—I think I said at the time—the saving grace of this is that it's Batman, so it's eminently more watchable than it would have been if it was a lesser superhero who I didn't actually give a shit about anyway. I agree. Um, yeah, totally. I think I think had it been the Flash, for example, I probably would have gone, you know what, fuck this shit. However, had it been the Flash, it may have worked better, or had it been Superman, it may have worked better. It, Had it been a stick, it would have worked better, it, to be honest. I mean, it's just the weird, weird juxtaposition of taking the darkest superhero, or yes. one of the darkest. I mean, there are darker than Batman, if you really want to look for him, but probably the most, probably the darkest populist superhero then. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I mean, this is this is camper than Batman 66. Like, this, yes. this thing is, oh my God. I, and it's so... The weird thing about this is that no one involved is is a schmuck. Like there is a, there is a huge amount of talent involved in this project. Yeah. A huge amount of talent. Um, I mean, even say what you will about Joel Schumacher. Yeah, okay, he's had some turkeys, but I mean, this look, this is the guy that gave us the Lost Boys. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and I, I've I've got to be honest. When um, Jonathan um, sat in for you a couple of a uh, couple of months back, and we did. Um... We talked about Spider-Man Three, and we, we talked about Joel Schumacher. Then, and this is the the only film, uh, Batman Forever, Batman. The only films I can actually remember it for because they're just so bad they become they become imprinted on my memory. 
and kind of pushed out or any good stuff he's done before because I automatically associate his name with this pile of shite. I mean, yeah, and you it, guys... It's probably a bit unfair, to be honest. Though. It's totally. Just, it's, it's, you guys called him out, and had I not been on holidays... <laughs> I I would have tweeted in. Um, by the time I got round to listening to the show, I figured I'd kind of missed the boat a little bit. Um, but I did bring it up with you. I don't think I did it on yeah. the air, but I did bring it up with you afterwards. Um, yeah, and I, I, it's it's a valid it's it's a valid point. I mean, it, I, I I I do think we did him a disservice, possibly. Totally. Um, but yeah, and unfortunately, the 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 good he did before is massively outweighed in terms of his reputation. I mean, look, he's um, done some other bad shit as well. I mean, he's done. <laughs> He's done eight millimeter, and uh, what else has he done that's bad? Eight millimeter is the one that initially springs to mind. There must be more than that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Um, but I mean, you know, just just the good by far outweighs the bad. I mean, I've already mentioned the Lost Boys. I mean, there's also Flatliners, which, all right, I guess most people would argue it's not a classic, but it's certainly one of my favourites from the time. I mean, Falling Down is a stone cold classic. Like there is no arguing yes. Falling Down. He also did The Client. Um, Batman Forever, as I say, I quite like. That was his. A Time to Kill is Joel Schumacher. Tigerland, Phone Booth. Um, geez, there's, there's probably more than that as well. These are just ones I'm I'm actually reeling off from my collection at the moment. Um, <laughs> oh, um, St. Elmo's Fire. Uh, like, like, this is not... And, and that's just Joel Schumacher, okay? Now, we've also got, again, matter of personal preference, I like George Clooney, generally. Um don't yeah. like him in this. Um. <laughs> he he was at peak smugness at this point. I think oh, this, he's this so was smug. where um, I think this was around about the time he was um, at sort of the peak of his powers in the ER, um, and could do no wrong. And everybody thought that you no know, Clooney's involved. It'll you no know, this will be the best Batman film ever because he's uh, he's so bankable. It'll make a fortune. Um, and then I say for a myriad of reasons which we'll come on to, it didn't happen. But I mean, yeah, he's. <laughs> but we talked when we did. Um, we did uh, Who Wins on the, the Best Batman um, from the various iterations. And one of the things we said about Clooney is that Clooney portrayed a very sort of arrogant, very smug side of Bruce Wayne very well. Yes. Oh, he's a, he's, he um, is a good Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah, just a shit he's a Batman. terrible Batman. But that is because, and I'm sure we're getting this as we talk about the film, his Batman and his Bruce Wayne are one and the same. Um, yes. But, but in the wrong way. <laughs> In totally the wrong way. Like, his Batman is smug and he quips. And I, to be fair, I maintain that I think there's a good Batman performance in Clooney. I think he could be a good Batman. Um, but unfortunately, when you pair his smugness with the, just this awful, awful, awful screenplay, um, which, yes. again, talking about talent, is fucking Akiva Goldsman. Like, yeah. this is uh, not that's... some nobody... <laughs> no, I, I've I've got the um, the wiki page in front of me, just reading through, and, th- and I hadn't realised that he wrote it. And I said like, uh, that um, uh, Goldman wrote it. I said like, this shouldn't be as bad as it is. It's just so fucking cheesy. It, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. One I of mean, the one of the it, key problems. It it's not so much the story. I think the story is serviceable, but oh my god, yeah. the dialogue in this film. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I mean. You, you know, let, let's let's not be you no know, give him too much credit. Schwarzenegger is not the he's not the best actor. He doesn't get he doesn't get the best lines. He's not the most eloquent. He's not the best spoken. He's not the best at delivering lines. Even he is phoning it in. Oh, he's the worst thing in this film by a mile, and that is saying a lot. Um, but he is absolutely appalling. 
But it, you, yeah, you tend to feel... I mean, tw- $25 million for 12 minutes worth of ice puns. Yeah. That's fucking... You know, that's nice work if you can get it, but fuck me, it ruined the film. But just like, you know, you've got Clooney's smugness, and for every... For every inch of smugness that Clooney has, Schwarzenegger has a mile of just... I don't even know what the word is for it. Just this, He has this laissez-faire attitude to this whole thing of just, like you said, just phoning it in. Like, I do not give a fuck. If you're going to be smug, yeah. then I'm just going to just show up and read my lines. And they are awful, yeah. but... <laughs> they are, but, I mean, the, his delivery leaves a lot to be desired. And again, a lot of that comes back to, to the direction. And But you, you look at it and you go... You've got to feel from a bit that you know he, he came in. He, he, I think he's on screen for something like twelve minutes, but he spent six hours a day in makeup. Yeah, that's got to suck. But then, but at the same time, you get paid twenty five million dollars for it, so and it's suck also it up. like okay, it's Schwarzenegger, I know. But if as an actor, and you know he can act on occasion, <laughs> um, as an actor, <laughs> you want a Batman villain to get your teeth into. Like they've given him Mister Freeze, like. Yeah, there is so much to pull out of Freeze as a character, and they even do the Heart of Ice storyline here. They do it badly, but they yeah. do it. So there is a lot of range, and you know, there's a lot of nuance that could be brought to this character, and he just doesn't bother. <laughs> just completely. No, that's right. I mean, for for what they for what the well, the work he did and the character of this, the, the what went into his portrayal of that character, they'd be better off using him as Bane. Because Bane was being criminally um, abused in this. Uh, in this it's film. not even Bane, really. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's um, Frankenstein's I, I monster. They even create him in a Frankenstein-esque lab. Um, they they do, um, and I mean, it's. I know we've we've, we've talked about this um, off air many times of the um, the Bane you had in in um, Dark Knight Rises. Um, no, that's that's not Bane either. No, that, but. <laughs> I think that one is more forgivable because there's an actual character there of sorts, whereas this one, it's just... I, I don't even know where to begin. This is just like a blunt object who they've they've sort of rammed into a wall and put a mask it's, on. Ironically, it's probably closer to the character of Bane than the one in Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> it's just, again, not handled very well. Um, oh, it, it's bad. Um, the, but the sole, the sole saving grace... For Bane is that whenever he's on screen, he's generally on screen with Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Um, who, yes. I mean, as Pamela Isley, she's fucking dreadful. As Poison yes. Ivy, where she is just taking giant, giant chunks out of the scenery, she is superb. Yeah. She's the best thing in this film by an absolute, absolute. mile. Um, and I mean, look, I, I don't think I've ever seen. Uma Thurman give a bad performance. Oh, the Avengers. Okay, as I say that, it just yeah. popped into my head. Um, uh, but what was the one where she? I think she was a radio. Was it Truth About Cats and Dogs? I've never watched that. that, so maybe she's bad in that. Yeah, as well. she was fucking terrible. Yeah. In that. Um, but you know, she she does a good job with what she's. She knows exactly what yeah. she's playing here, and she plays it to the nth degree. Like her poison ivy is fucking fantastic, and especially, yeah. I, I mean, first time out watching this, I am a late teenage boy, so <laughs> like I've I have some very fond memories of Uma Thurman's poison ivy. Let's, let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, let's let's yeah. not go into that too much, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that performance is the probably the, the most captivating thing about this film because it's. She no, she knows it's over the top. She and no, she's got to know it's no particularly hammy and absolutely nuanced. 
but she she throws herself into it anyway. And I think the only other person who comes close to that is Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell actually um, gives a very good performance here. He seems to be in a different film to everyone else. Like yes, he's he's playing. <laughs> kind of angry teenage dick albeit looking like he's in his early 20s but he he does the spoilt brat angry teenager yeah. mad at the world emo thing pretty yeah. well and I think to be honest I mean he he does it better in this than he did in Batman Definitely. Forever which given where his character was you would expect him to be a lot angrier and a lot more lost and a lot more just generally petulant than he he would have been by the time this one came around where he, he's you know, things are more settled he's not he's a bit more established um, and yeah, they, you kind of get the impression that what they did here with his character and, and certainly the relationship with Bruce would have been better off or better served in the second act of Batman Forever. Yeah, and again, there's a much better film here. Like just like doing the Heart of Ice storyline, there's a much better film with Freeze. Um, there's a much better film here just with the relationship between Batman and Robin than we actually get, especially yeah. in a film called Batman and Robin. Um, well, yeah, he, I I think he really. He's probably the best Robin we've had, I would say. Um, that's a bold statement, but I think he's pretty fucking good. I've got to give it to him. I think so. Um, and to be fair, Alicia Silverstone does a pretty good job here as well. She doesn't have much to do, but what she does no. have, she handles pretty well. By the time we get to the final act, she runs away with the final act easily. She leaves... Yeah the boys in her dust like she, she's excellent when we get to the finale um but we'll we'll come to that when we come to it again some horrible horrible dialogue um <laughs> which steps on her character and there are some missteps with her character along the way but by the time we get yeah. to the end i think she nails it i think she's very good um so that's that that's the good uma thurman is good alicia silverstone is good Chris O'Donnell is good. Everything else blows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing is, that there are very few, filmically, very few redeeming features to this film. I mean, it looks very grand, but it look all looks massively out of place. Um, I mean, you talked earlier on about taking a very, a very dark character and a very dark, um, as a very thematically dark um, property, and they've turned it into neon ballroom. Yeah. You know, it's everything is very. No, I mean, I think it's um, when um, Poison Ivy takes over. She, her, and Bane go and take over this warehouse or wherever it is they're going to be setting up shop in, and for no other reason than because they can. There's a gang of Hell's Angel yeah. biker, whatever they're supposed to be, and they're all in neon. There's paint. a lot of that. What the? F what was the I point mean, in that? That yeah, there are points. I mean, I've made I mean, notes about this film as I have. Uh, with with everything that we do, I, and the first, I, I've got pages and pages. I think I've made more notes on this than I have on anything. And the first two, I, I sort of gave up after the after the credits. I had too the much. The first to say. two pages are just me ragging on this film, and then by about a third of the way down page three, which is about where this that scene happens, and also some other stuffs going on, um, like freezes in Arkham by that point as well. And I get halfway down the page, and I've written. Is this just misunderstood? Like it's bad, no. but at this point, it's starting to feel a bit like an homage. Like it's starting to get so camp that I'm just thinking, like, do you know what? Schumacher just gone. 
I'm going to do Batman 66. And then the film goes on and it loses me again completely. And I'm like, no, do you know what? It is just fucking <laughs> trash. Um, but but there is there's genuinely a point around the middle there where all that's happening. Because also you've, you've had the fight um, at the ball by then as well. And actually the fight scenes are really fucking well choreographed. And there's a lot of really cool aerial work. And it, they're scored by the kind of zap kapow brass stabs that you used to get in batman 66 as well and if you look at it through that lens rather than through the lens of the three films that have come before it you sort of think well if this is a totally different franchise and this is this iteration of batman maybe we're just viewing it through the wrong lens but then it's even by that standard it is fucking terrible so it loses yeah, me again. I, I, I think there's a, a, there's a fair yeah, amount but, of reaching but involved there, was, there. There was genuinely a moment where I just thought, oh, okay, maybe that's what they're going for. Um, but all of that kind of OTT style, um, that is there from, like, the first shots of the film, before we even get any yeah. kind of setup for anything at all, we get a tooling up sequence, and we just get these gratuitous oh, yeah. button crotch shots of Batman and Robin. I, I was going to say, I, I remember, I was, I watched it, so I watched it Saturday, I was, I was sitting there thinking, I can't remember if they do this with these shows, I'm sure they don't, because that would be insane to be having crotch and arse shots, because they'd also have to but take they shots. do. I'm thinking, no, I'm sure they don't. And then, lo and behold, the, I was like, hang on, you wouldn't get a, I, I don't no, know how you got, so how you they get, got away with it then, get, to be honest. Um, I've written them down, there's at least twice that you see close-ups on Batman's ass and codpiece. Um, poison yes. ivy on her first entrance to the ball like i can only describe it as vag cam um, yeah. it's like the camera is literally between her legs looking up uh and then later on in the film when batgirl tools up we get this horrendous just cleavage shot it's it's off it's it's uncomfortable is it, it holds for so yeah. long and it's so male gazy um and, and i know it's, it's if anything it's just trying to be equal opportunities after we've had all the button yeah crotch. it's balance it's balancing the, the none fact of done this it is on. okay <laughs> it doesn't no absolutely not and especially that you don't it's not quite so prominent with batman but certainly with robin when you when they you sort of see it the, the, the torso of his suit and they hang just too slightly on it so you you are, you are automatically drawn to the fact it has nipples on it. Oh yeah. Whereas with the bat suit, it's not so bad because you have the the bat the the bat logo sort of in, um, embellished on it, so it, it has a bit of texture to it. With Robin, it's just the outline of a torso with some paint on it, so you can't help but notice it's got these three inch nipples on it. Now again, who in the hell thought that was a good idea? It's it's horrible. It it's, it's I, I, and it's just start, it sets the tone of the film immediately, and it's yes all downhill from there um i mean but i say it i say that but then immediately after again we get this scene with batman's in the batmobile racing towards um the first heist with freeze and we get a call from commissioner gordon coming on this like vid phone in the batmobile yeah it's it's the basil exposition screen from austin house but again it's like this is very adam west this is very batman 66 i'm okay i'm i'm down with that Um, Yeah, even the car design to be honest yeah um, obviously in Batman Forever the um, car gets blown up so it's, it's an entirely new one but it's kind of styled more like that um, the only difference being it's a one-seater not a two-seater but it's, again it's even styled in that sort of way whereby it's a slightly open front so you have a, almost have a windscreen on it it's kind of like a racing car rather than being a tank yeah 
Yeah, um, and it, which is kind of where they went with Batman Forever, and then obviously with the Nolan ones, you had to eat the Tumblr and things like that. So I mean, worst it's kind of... Batmobile ever. Uh, the Tumblr, mm. not this one. Um. I was, I was, I'd, I'd say this was probably worse, just because it has a fucking disco ball in it. Yeah, but at least it looks like the Batmobile. Um, it's got a fucking disco ball in it. Yeah, still. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with all of this. At this point, like I can I can ignore the button crotch shots. I'm like, okay, so we're in for something lighter, something Batman sixty sixty, and then, like, we dropped straight into that first entrance as Batman, and Clooney's just quipping like a motherfucker all over the place. And again, I'm just like, yeah. no, this isn't Batman sixty six. This is just bad, and you don't understand the character. What has gone wrong? Yeah, um, and it's I mean it's it's quite telling I think this is the first one that um, Tim Burton wasn't involved in at all I think he was a producer um, on um, on Batman Forever um, and you can tell that any sort of heft there was with the characters has, as it was built through has just gone by this point because as you said it's just all quips and light hearted and jokes and you think well hang on you're, you're about to go into battle effectively and yeah. you're joking over who gets the car and who gets the bike. Yeah, and then you get this this horrible smug quip fest between Batman and Freeze, and like, I, I've actually written here in my notes, everyone except Chris O'Donnell seems to know exactly how bad this is. Like yeah. Clooney just really doesn't give a fuck. I know like, he's, no. he's yeah. he is clearly collecting a paycheck. It's it's yeah. horrible. I mean, I, to I'd watch. say that it's only it's only um, Chris O'Donnell and uh, Michael Goff who take this anywhere near seriously. I mean, yeah, I, Michael Goff is is a stalwart of the franchise at this point. So I yes. said earlier on, everything else is bad. I I I forgot to mention Michael Goff, and that's an omission on my part. Of course, he's he's excellent as he always is, and he actually gets a little bit of heft and something to do here, which is nice. Yeah, makes um, nice a nice change. Yeah. But then you get this horrible quip fest, and at one point, um, after Robin's been frozen by the freeze gun, and uh, it's just horrible, horrible CGI leading up to it, we yeah. get Freeze um, turning to Batman and saying, and I'm not going to attempt the accent, but Freeze turns it, to Batman it, do it, do it, and do it, do it, says, do it. your emotions make, no, I'm not doing it, that came up Jamaican, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. Uh, Freeze turns or everyone. To, yeah, or everyone. Freeze turns to Batman and says, "Your emotions make you weak." Um, now, hang on. Isn't this guy trying to freeze the world to bring his wife yes, back to life? They have, that is exactly what I've written here. Your emotions make you weak. Uh, that's kind of the whole point of the character. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, before we even had that point, I had major issues with the scene because there's this. At this stage, we don't know what he wants this giant diamond for. Oh, but they're playing fucking hockey with it. Oh yeah, and the diamond thing. Let me just let me just spell out Freeze's grand plan. I'm going to skip forward a bit here, um, but let's see if anyone else can can follow this because I certainly couldn't. So, Freeze steals the giant diamonds to build a freezing engine, which he's going to use to freeze Gotham so that he can hold Gotham for ransom to get research money. Yeah. Or. We could just sell the diamonds. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Just There's nothing saying, super villainy about that. I mean, just saying. We could just sell those diamonds. That would be a fuck lot easier than making a freezing engine and yeah, freezing you know, an entire city. Yeah, you get you get some master craftsman to you know, take it down from this um, six-inch um, rock into lots and lots and lots of little diamonds, which would be worth a fuck ton of money. And you sell them all off. Yeah. 
But I mean, the fact he he built himself um, a containment suit to keep him alive that was powered by diamonds. Again, get one that runs on diesel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Live in a fridge. Say, say, like. Yeah, say, say, save the diamonds for something else. Yeah. Um, it, it, this iteration of Mr. Freeze is, is just, it's woeful. It really is. It like, is. I, it's terrible. I complain about Tom Hardy's Bane a hell of a lot. I'm not actually a fan of Heath Ledger's Joker either, but at least I understand the choices that went into making those characters and they serve yes. the stories that they were in, and that's fine. They're functional. This is just an abomination. Like, <laughs> this, uh, this bears no resemblance whatsoever to the character. The, None the, whatsoever. The actor playing the character has no interest in the character. It's he looks ridiculous i mean even even physically like sorschnick is the wrong choice physically for freeze freeze kind of lanky and lithe and yeah i mean i've got um a quote here where is it hang on a second um yeah uh, there's a, a quote from Joel Schumacher saying that mr freeze had to be big and strong like he was chiseled out of a, gla- a glacier that's not that's not mr that's freeze. not him. The, the whole thing with freeze it's the suit yes it's the, no, it's the fact he needs this. This bit, he needs to basically walk in fridge. You know, he has to be kept cold, so he needs to sit. He needs this this suit to keep him going. If he's this you know, very strong, very able person who just happens to run on diamonds instead of blood, yeah, then it's I don't know. It just doesn't kind of fit because when he's in Arkham, and you know, they've they've kind of done it. So they've put him in very loose um, prison scrubs. So you can't really make out his shape and stuff like that. But you can still tell he's fucking ginormous. Yeah, because the only the only people you see him next to are other ginormous people playing guards, like Jesse Uma Thurman, who's tiny. Yes, um, or Uma Thurman, who's tiny. Yeah. So he just looks big and imposing anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's just yeah, it, it, it's, it's yeah. a mess. Uh, it's yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. Schwarzenegger pissed me off to begin with because uh, not him, nothing to do with him whatsoever. Just the way he's held in the film is that he gets top billing. He doesn't play Batman, but he gets top billing in a Batman movie. Yeah, it's what the fuck. It's because he's on Schwarzenegger. But at the same time, you know, you you are talking peak George Clooney. Yeah, he's still even 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 now though. I'd argue Clooney's not as big as Schwarzenegger at the height of his powers. No, but this is far from the height of his powers, and also he's not playing Batman. You don't give the person not playing the title role the top billing. Yeah, especially when he's on your screen for twelve minutes. I I think he'd have he'd. been better as Batman than Clooney, actually. Now, now I think about it, doesn't have to say much, does he? No, that's true. If you make a Batman film and not a Bruce Wayne film, yeah, yeah he'd be all right, maybe. you know. He'd be all right, I think. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, we <laughs> we get to the creation of Bane, and yeah, like bearing in mind, this film is completely over the top in every possible way. Yes. And there is an excuse here, and I don't know why they haven't taken it. There's an excuse here to absolutely cram a scene full of outrageous Batman villains. And Batman has a wicked rogues gallery, as we know. Yeah. So you got all of these criminals bidding on Bane, essentially. But they're, but they're just, just generic. Randos. Like what? They're just generic foreigners. You've got um, you've got an Arab with the the very stereotypical yeah. uh, red and white hairdress. You've got. And somebody else who's supposedly Middle Eastern in a military uniform. You've got a Pancho Villa type. Um, no, and you think, 
what are they are they just trying to yeah. piss people like, off at this okay, point? Okay, I know we've had the big hitters, you know, I know we've already had the Joker and the Penguin and Catwoman. Uh we've also had Two Face and the Riddler by this point, so I know we've had the big hitters, but come on, there's loads left. Like let's use Black yeah. Mask, let's use the Mad Hatter, let's like use Killer Croc if you want. Like let's let's just stuff this frame full of outrageous yeah. villains in makeup. Like go for it. And they just don't. I think the problem was that they, I think they had an eye on the sequel already. I think it was a case of, no, we want to, we, we don't want to give up anything too early because if we are going to have a sequel, which I think, I think there was one written and ready to go, wasn't there? And then, yeah. then there's tags. Um, so, I mean, I think they might have gone, well, we don't really want to show our hand too early because we may need these villains later on. And if we use them, even if they appear in this film, we're going to have to use the same actors. We're going to have to, kind of tie back to this story or something. Well, who'd have thunk and, that might have worked, huh? Well, yeah. Fra- franchise filmmaking, who'd have thought? Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, you just kind of get the impression that, and very similarly to when we talked about Spider-Man 3, um, myself and Jonathan, there was a sense with that as well, that there was there was an eye on the next one rather than two eyes on what they were doing. There definitely is. And, and that's part of the problem here, I think, is it's been stuffed so full to bursting point yeah um rather than concentrating on what they're actually doing it's about how many toys can we sell what can we put yes. in happy meals what's going on the poster um yeah. and, and it is it is studio filmmaking at its worst yeah. um i mean i mean talking about the poster i mean the poster is so busy oh it's horrible yeah it's horrible um and yeah i mean it's you just luckily you think, right, okay again you know you've got schwarzenegger front and center yeah he is isn't he uh no I mean, Batman and Robin are sort of you no. Know, given again, it's their film. It's called Batman and Robin. They're sort of poking out from under his armpits, effectively. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the two women who would be effectively a waist height. Uh, Uma Thurman looking down the camera like she wants to shag it, and Alicia Silverstone looking anywhere else because she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Yeah, yeah. It's... And you just say, what the? F-? Again, somebody signed off on that. Somebody designed that. Somebody sat down and made it. I mean, I don't think. I mean, bear in mind the poster. By the time we created the poster, we would have had all of these people in makeup. Cameras probably would have started rolling. We've had some early concepts done beforehand. Yeah. But by this point, whoever's designing that poster knows what this is. And it, I, I yeah. swear to God, it is impossible. Like I say, the actors can see it. It is impossible to look at this film and think it was going to be anything other than fucking atrocious. It's, yeah. it's a disgrace to celluloid. It's Honestly, it, it, it is. I mean, even if you look at so the the supporting cast, so you've got your, your your main five, but then you've got your supporting cast like, like people like Pat Engel you know, um, from On the Waterfront, you know, very very iconic actor, very well established actor, and no, he, he, I think he was Commissioner Gordon in the four films, wasn't he? Yes. Um, so, but again, reduced to a bumbling idiot. Um, Elle McPherson's there, and again, she's just getting paid, and she could not care less. And her entire her entire character, you know, is. She's no, she's the the not demanding girlfriend, but no, at some point she's gonna. So there's there's no need for that character. They didn't it need to have her there at nowhere. all. There are two scenes it, with her, and they go absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and the, the, I think the whole point was to try and humanize him and trying to separate Bruce Wayne from Batman, but it doesn't work because because we don't have the dark, brooding, angry, sometimes vicious, sometimes callous Batman. We don't need to be, to be counteracted because you've got a smoke prick or a smoke prick and a prick in a mask. Yeah. That's the only difference is the mask. So I mean, her entire role was pointless. Totally, totally. Um, but they, I mean, there's just a lot of pointless shit in this film. <laughs> I mean, next 
after the Bane thing, we, we go on to the introduction of well, slightly before that, we first. Oh, sorry, before movie. before we move off from Bane as well, um, this is a name that's worthy of my level of laziness um, as a character. It was Antonio Diego. Excellent. Yeah, that's like oh um, yeah, pick something, pick a letter. Mm. Yeah, Antonio, that'll do. Yeah, um, D. Uh, yeah, Diego, but he can be he can fill our diversity card. We can get uh, get a Hispanic actor in. And he could be adversity. Except card. they don't, like, do they? I don't think he is Hispanic, um, is he? Jeep Svensson played him um, from San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. Uh, died, uh, died about a month after the film came out, probably of shame. Shit. Um, that's, that's quite harsh, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, way to bring us down. <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, he, uh, yeah. So I mean, okay, the, the picture on his um, on his wiki page. It might as well be the poster for porn. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to look at that. <laughs> yeah. So, so we get actually more disturbing. More disturbing. Having read the caption, it is him with him with his family. Oh. So, uh, mm. yeah, let's move on yeah. from that one. But yeah, it's it's just again, it's just the, the complete disrespect they've shown for the character. I mean, Awful. the like I know I said we've talked about um, Tom Hardy's Bane, but the way that Bane is portrayed in a lot of stuff that I've seen, and I've not read that much of, um, with Bane in it, but a lot of stuff in um, the Batman Emirates series and even the Arkham games, Bane has an intellect. He's not just He's... muscle; he has an intellect yes. as well. Yeah, he is very Whereas intelligent. In this. In this, he can he can just repeat the last word of a sentence. Uh, yeah, he's he's Frankenstein's monster, and he's he's yeah he's there purely for Ivy to control. He's that's it. He's, he's Ivy's he, muscle. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, for on a on a he's he's out from a story point of view, but for on a on a lesser level, he is just he's he, I say he's just there to sell toys. Yeah, totally. Well, there there is a line later on where um and. <laughs> Uma Thurman does a lot of talking in exposition, and aside from when she's when she's Pamela Isley, it doesn't work. Um, yeah. When she's Ivy, she manages to pull it off. But there is a line later on um, where she literally says, "Every Poison Ivy action figure comes complete with him," just before yeah. he busts in and starts mutilating motherfuckers. Yeah, that's right. And not actually you saying that, but the um, the exposition. The very first time we see her when she's in the, this, that's what I was the, getting to. She literally yeah. talks in exposition. She gives you her entire character in a couple of sentences. Well, I was going to say all they, and all they actually needed to do. She, she's in the lab and she's talking about a plant animal hybrid or something. That no, that's what her research is. In itself, that's fucking scary enough. Yeah, you don't need supervillains after that because she's knocking foots. Um, but on top of that, she goes on to narrate everything she's doing, and you think. If she had a dictaphone in her hand and she's talking into that, you get she away with it. Literally, my, my note here is the dialogue's truly awful. Pam literally talks in exposition to fill in her backstory before becoming Ivy. They literally, yeah. because there is so much shit going on in this film, we don't spend any time with Pamela Risley, really, before she comes no. Ivy. And, like, if you look at, say, Batman Returns. I was just going to say the same thing. If you look at the way that Selena Kyle is handled yes. before she becomes Catwoman. That was absolutely perfect. It was it was timed very well. The pacing was good. It was pitched at a reasonable level where you had a degree of sympathy for her because you yes, understood okay, she, her as a person before she went off the deep end. Yeah. Whereas this time, it's just you've got some Frankenstein ass bitch who's trying to make monsters anyway, who then gets morally outraged because her business partner, come whatever he is, is making monsters with her research. Yes. Uh. What? Yeah. 
so yeah, that happens, and we get Ivy created. Um, and then just in case you forgot about him, because it's been a while, we cut back to Mr. Freeze wearing polar bear slippers and a fuzzy dressing gown and watching the snow miser scene from the year without a Santa Claus inside a building shaped like a giant Mr. Frosty. Yeah. I give now, as, as, <laughs> as, as, as secret villain layers go, that's kind of on the nose. You think, I know, where would the snowman be? Yeah. As is the whole... Oh, I believe he's actually smoking a cigar as well. Yes, he is, Which, yeah. surely, A, that would melt him. Uh, and B, like, he's supposed to be threatening. He's just said about how emotion makes you weak. And here he is having a fucking whale of a time, laughing it up with all of his fucking penguin buddies. Yeah, like, and then he goes to have a little cry over his wife. It's, oh my God, it's just abysmal. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just. I just when you think it can't with. get any more stupid, and I'm, not, I am not gonna rag on her much. I see because as I said earlier, on, I think she's actually pretty good. She just gets mishandled. But just when it can't get any more stupid, Alfred's niece Barbara Pennyworth shows up, who's been born and raised in England and spent her life at a boarding academy in England. With the worst fucking English accent ever. She doesn't she like she's from California. Have an English accent. She exactly. talks like a girl from the valley. Like, yeah. Which, what... funny enough, is why she was famous in the first place yeah. and why she got the role. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> At least explain that away. At least. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't have a come from England at all. Just go, ah, this is my niece Barbara. She goes to school at Gotham, whatever. Like, yeah. You know, or even if you do feel the need to explain it, mum's not mum's English because she's Alfred's sister. Dad's American. We lived in America. Job done. Yeah. If you feel you have to, no. If you feel you have, you have to justify it. It's there. Yeah. But but it no. just makes no fucking sense. No, because because we need to cram more shit into this film to sell action figures, and we need to see more TNA. So hmm. fuck the story. Get on with it. Um, what story? Yeah. I mean, having said all of that, my next, my very next note, because I had actually forgotten she was even in this film, despite her being <laughs> in the credits. Like it, it's so bad. I was, I was nearly crying in my beer by this point. So I, I had forgotten she was in it, and I don't know how, because teenage Chris would be absolutely mortified to find out that adult Chris had forgotten that Alicia Silverstone was in this fucking thing. Um, but where is she now? Like, what's happened to Alicia Silverstone? She did. Um... She had half a season, a good, well, about she ten had a years TV ago now, show, didn't she? It was a mismatch or something yeah. like that, where she played. She was like a matchmaker. Um, I, since then, I don't think she's done a great deal. She or if she has, I've not. Kind of, yeah, I haven't been aware of it either. Let's have a look. Yeah, the two thousand section of her career on uh, Wikipedia is not great. Hmm. Uh, Focused on, on theatre and independent productions throughout the twenty tens. Good for her. Yeah. She's the, I've got time for Alicia Silverstone. I'll be fair. I really have. Um, she... Yeah, she's done some you know, guest spots and stuff, but yeah, she hasn't done masses. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I, that was just me musing out loud because I've written it in my notes. Um, anyway, <laughs> we, then, we then get... Some... You really enjoyed the film, if that's what you were thinking while you were watching it. Yeah, I, I genuinely she was. Is now. I was like, where's Alicia Silverstone now? Hmm, maybe I'll go and listen to Amazing. Yeah, and that was just kind of trailed off. Um, my next note, Clooney's Batman and Bruce are one and the same because we then get this prolonged scene with 
all four of them walking around the manor and Clooney just being an absolute smug cock. Um, yeah. Just like he is when he's in the bat suit. Um, yes. It's yeah, it's bad. And and then we get to the ball where Ivy makes a grand entrance with, with badge camp um, yeah. and manages to sort of talk away. Oh, no, actually, this is before the ball. We, we go to some fundraiser thing where Pam Isley shows up. Um, yeah, it's the dedication of the telescope. That's she's right. announcing the telescope. Right. And, and she um, she tries to sort of sell her eco agenda to Bruce. Uh, and he just so happens to have the largest fucking invitation <laughs> you have ever seen in yes. your life stuffed in his jacket. And this thing is like A3 at least. It's oh huge. yeah, it's, it's it's a giant it's a giant card in a giant black envelope. It's a comedy you know, it's invitation. Like, <laughs> it is. It's, it's it's like a novelty check when you win the lottery. Yeah. You know, it's like who the fuck carries one of those rather? But before that, actually, when she she comes in and she'd be you know, you've got five security guards or renter cops or wherever they are can't stop her walking in because you no, know, she's so big and imposing and strong that no, they, they stood next to her and she didn't stop. Fucking hell. Um, so she walks up to him. Now, bear in mind, this is a multi-billionaire, a very important man, very important event. She reaches into her bag and pulls out what turns out to be this manifesto, which she's written in two days mm. since this incident and is like 9,000 pages long. She could be pulling out a gun or a bomb or all sorts of no, And everybody just stood there eating shit. Yeah. It's... I was like, Oh, is it really? No, oh, I've learned nothing from no, life. It's, yeah, it's bad. and then when she gets rejected, albeit with her invitation, she walks away and delivers a full-on villain soliloquy to the camera, like all she's missing is a moustache to twirl and an evil laugh. Yes, it's horrible. Any time she is not poison ivy, she is horrible absolutely horrible but then you can kind of forget about after this because the next time we see her she's in the full-on ivy getup, making her yeah. entrance and she just takes massive ch- she's like jaws with this fucking scenery she absolutely <laughs> chews it to pieces and she is fantastic once she turns that corner i think yes. her portrayal of ivy is excellent not again not really the sultry vixen that ivy should be <laughs> something totally different um yeah but she she's absolutely she's nothing short of pure joy to watch she is the absolute yes. highlight of the film oh definitely um but yeah we get to this kind of ball scene then um where as I say we we get uh this horrible lingering shot as she enters and then the bidding and this is the one thing that i remembered about this film prior to going back to watching it because it was the point in the cinema where i realized i had made a horrible mistake by watching this film (laughs) even though i said yeah it was batman so i took it i cannot defend this i couldn't then i won't even attempt to now but we get the bat mastercard i know at that point i wanted to turn it off i had to pause it go make myself a cup of coffee and just have a break how um, I, I'm 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 stumped. Like, I, did no one on that set go? That's really fucking dopey. Like, but it, I mean, it it fits with the tone of the film because everything else was. Fucking oh, I think stupid, even so kind by of, kind of fits. even by the tone but, of the film, this is the stupidest, was, dopiest it's, thing. It's the stupidest idea they had, but also the way it was 
deliver the way it was presented and delivered. He, he snapped out like he's in a Mastercard commercial. Yeah. Oh, they 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 and, fully paid and then for it's it. Never leave home without. It's like no, it's it's like seriously. That's no, that's the level you. Those are the fences you're swinging for. Yeah, it's like like let's just break this down. Besides the fact that okay, there's the gag that the utility belt has everything, even a Mastercard. Okay, I get that. There's the there's the gag that he's super rich and they're in a bidding war over a woman. Okay, I get that because Dick's going like, "Oh, I'll borrow the money off you," and blah blah blah. I get. Yeah, that 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 I thought was good. That was a clever line. Yeah. Oh, there are some really. I, there are. I quite, I quite like. I quite like that. There are some um, genuine uh, gems, particularly. Generally, the they all come from Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, but well, the interplay between those two is is generally good. My favorite line will come later on, and I'll I'll point it out when when we get to it. Yeah. Um, but ignoring all of that, and ignoring even if it was going to be a throwaway gag, of which it is the stupidest, dumbest one I've ever seen. Like, Batman is a secret identity. How do you get a credit card, not only in Batman's name, but bearing the Batman logo linked to Bruce Wayne's bank account? How <laughs> yeah, does that happen? Nobody will ever find out. Like, yeah. Uh, and to, it, to, to be honest, if, if you were presented with that credit card, apart from the fact it's obviously fake, the expiry date is forever. Yes. I'm fairly, I'm fairly sure that doesn't work. No. Um, it didn't when I wrote it on my credit card anyway but yeah it's the worst moment in not quite the worst film I've ever seen but very very close um, <laughs> it is absolutely one of the worst things I have ever seen on film and all levels it lands with a resounding thud and I yeah as we've said time and time again I like to give people the benefit of the doubt here because making films is hard yeah, but I'm sorry, everyone involved that was on set that day and was in the room when it was written, and was around the table yeah. when it was read, and was there when it got storyboarded, and was in the edit suite when it got chopped. Everyone involved is an absolute fucking moron. There is yeah, no I'm not, excuse. I'm not being funny. That's probably one of the biggest scenes as well in terms of sheer number of people. Yeah. Did nobody go? Hang on, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? It's it's disgraceful. It's so bad. It's so so but, so so bad. But again, I mean, it was again. It comes back to that thing that they can sell one of those joker credit cards. Yeah. I mean, look, kids. No, kids will. Kids will buy a mask utility mask utility belt set and have that credit card in it, and they can play Batman, Batman and Robin because that was in the film. Yeah, we can have that. Um, and um, Chris O'Donnell actually um, uh, compared the two the two films he did. Um, so you know, Batman Forever felt like a film; everything sort of came together. Whereas Bat- shooting Batman and Robin, Robin felt like making a kids' toy commercial. Yeah. And I think he kind of hits it smack hits it smack on the head there that everything here was just entirely misdirected. And I don't mean in terms of the direction of the way the film was directed, but the film was pointed in the wrong area. It was it was aimed at the wrong people. It was aimed at the wrong market. Oh, I, and I think they yeah. kind of they kind of screwed the pooch a bit. There can be no doubt. Like the, the the finger of blame here has to be pointed squarely at Schumacher. These these oh, problems are directorial. Yes, the script is bad, um, and yes, the performances are bad. But the common denominator there is the director. Like this is his vision. That that's why it's bad. This he's chosen to go for this tone and this style. Uh, there are yeah, other I mean, ways that you that. can I mean, interpret it... that script. He's just decided not to. Yeah, and I mean, 
not only that, I mean, it's, it's been quite well documented. His his sort of style of directing on the, on these two films was that he would he'd be sat, sat up on a on a cherry picker or on, on a gantry somewhere with a megaphone, and his you know his mantra was, "Don't forget, we're making a cartoon." You see, and like um, I think Clooney was he did an interview with Graham Norton. I think it was a couple of years ago, and he did a very good impression of Joel Schumacher on set. And I'm not going to try and do it. It's on it's on YouTube and places. So I've got to look for it. But he's basically that was his thing. Is that you know, and uh, you're you're an orphan. Your parents are dead. Action. And so, hang on, that's that's the extent of your direction. Don't forget, your parents are dead. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, everything in this film comes back to Josh Schumacher, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, it's just there just seems to be a lot of pun intended batshit crazy choices. Yeah. It's uh, It's. I mean, look. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about anything horrendously offensive here. You know, we're not going out of our way to offend people with this no. shot, but it. It is offensive in how bad it is. It offends me that some that so many people allowed that to make it to the screen, and that I've had to watch it twice now. Um, probably more than twice, actually, if I'm honest. Like I said, teenage Chris had some reasons <laughs> to watch this film. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's it's after this point actually that. For all I can say about it, that this is the lowest point, okay? And then we start yeah. to get, like, we get, uh, like I said, a, a decent fight. Like, it's not, it's not realistic or anything. But there's some good wire work. Um, there's some silly shit with skating down dinosaurs and all that kind of bollocks. But you know, yeah. it's it's decent. The choreography is decent, and that's where it starts to get this kind of homage feel back again. And we start to think, like, okay, maybe I'm watching Batman 66. And then we get angry Robin pissing and moaning. And, uh, you know, as I say, Chris O'Donnell's good at that. Um, yeah. And then we get freezing Arkham. And, like, it's Jesse Ventura. So I'm like, oh, look, cool, it's Jesse Ventura. So it's <laughs> it's almost winning me back. Although, again... Yeah, things start coming together yeah, slowly. Although, again, freeze being in arkham golden opportunity to throw back some to some of the villains you've already had in cameos right or now, others. it's funny you say that i mean if there's a there's a shot where you've quite obviously got riddler and two faces yes, from the yeah, previous film hung up. yeah, they, yeah th- that they were perfectly placed and apparently um i've got it on the um it's on the wikipedia record the schumacher the original plan was that you had previous villains w- watching ivy and um freeze break out from their cells yeah but it was just too difficult to pull together. Um, obviously, they couldn't get the actual actors back, so they'd have had to get lookalikes on the rest of it. So they just didn't bother. Um, but there was a really nice throwback having the suit there and having it front and center. Um, I thought was was absolutely beautiful. I, I thought the same thing. There was a really good opportunity to just hark back to what you've had before in greater depth. And, look, and again, pay a bit pay a bit of tribute to the yeah. previous films, get a bit of credit, tie them into the same universe. Or even throw forward if you want to. But even if you couldn't get, say, Jim Carrey and, and Tommy Lee Jones back, like there are ways you can do this as fan service. Like one of uh, my favourites, it's not even really off topic, um, in the TV series Arrow at one point, um, they have the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, they don't have Harley Quinn because they don't have the rights to the character. However, they walk past a cell and you see the back of her in the cell yeah. you very clearly see her in her outfit with her hair and it's clearly harley quinn yeah. it, they don't name her by name they just show her they it, there's so many options it, like especially when you're in arkham yes exactly like throw us a bone 
for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it, it starts to lose me again because then in the whole breakout scene, Freeze somehow manages to get both a clock and a razor blade at the start of this scene in his cell. Yes. Um, how exactly is that allowed? Not um, only that, isn't this motherfucker like, you know, his, his body is so cold, hair wouldn't grow. So why is he shaving? So why is he shaving? Why does he need a razor? Yeah. Uh, God knows. Anyway, Eve obviously comes in to to save him and break him out. We get the every poison ivy action figure comes complete with him. Yeah. That's the first of a triumvirate of horrible lines. We then get literally we get first Gotham and then the world. <laughs> and then we get contender for worst line in the film from Schwarzenegger Adam and evil yeah no I'd, I'd remembered that line um, I'd, I'd remember it was in the film I didn't remember where it came and then when I saw it I just remember thinking yeah I don't know why that stuck in my memory because it's so fucking bad it's horrendous horrendous but um, again it's, it's his, enti- his entire character his, his yeah. entire motivation has been pissed away at this point Oh, he he literally is a cartoon character. Mm. Um, it's 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 so bad. It's so bad. (laughs) We get we cut back then to some very convenient writing, um, but not bad writing. Again, it's showing that you know people involved here. I mean, they do know what they're doing. Um, turns out that Alfred has been slowly dying from the same degenerative disease. The same very, 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 has. very, very rare degenerative disease that Nora has. Yep. Funny that, that Nora has. But uh, at a st- at a stage very of the illness where we've but... already seen that he's cured that part. He yeah, Freeze and knows how to fix that bit. Let's be fair. Yes, it's a bit cliched, but cliches are cliches for a reason. Yeah. They work, and this works. Um. And so then we get, uh, obviously he's dying, so he tries to pass on the family duty to, well, to his brother via Barbara, um, who is totally not at all surprised when she finally breaks into the memory stick and finds out that Bruce is Batman. Yeah. Like, she's not surprised in the slightest. She is overjoyed. She laughs at the screen. Yeah. And again, this is the sort of thing that should be a big reveal. It should be quite yeah. important. Is that, um, and if it's but done again, properly, I, I, you would see, no, if the characters are separated properly, yes, you, you would be very surprised to learn that Bruce Wayne is Batman. But when they're exactly the same and they speak with the same voice and the same uh, the same style and the same tone and everything else, they have the same mannerisms, they, they quip the same, this isn't, a, this isn't a big surprise. And again, that's because, because it's so mishandled. You can kind of... It's one of those where you kind of go, oh, yeah, why didn't I see that? As opposed to, yeah. oh, my fucking God, he's what? And it is, yeah, it is mishandled. It's, it's, you're right. Like the, the right way to play that is that she's initially surprised, and then because of the kind of character she is, yes, she would be pleased, and, of course, she would be up for the challenge. Yeah. But she doesn't play it like that at all, and I don't think you can blame her for that because she's in a room looking at a blank screen. Yes. I think you blame the person behind the camera that says act like you're it's really cool like it's the most rad thing ever because yeah, that's what it looks like and, and yes well, i am intentionally using 90s puns <laughs> we're on that scene as well okay um so she's there and she's look she's looking at this you now very very big very clunky very contemporaneous computer monitor 
At what point did they become projectors? Uh, yeah, I know. Because but... all of a sudden, she's got no, the Batwing and the Batmobile projected on her fucking face. Yeah. A um, little bit of license in there, I think, isn't it? It's just... Either that or my monitor's roll with shit. Yeah, I, I've, I'll let that go. This, that's just visual storytelling. It's the least of the problems here, I think. Um, yeah, we have actually, me. to be fair, we have actually skipped over a fair chunk of the second act here as well, um, largely because fuck all happens I was except say, for a load what, what of running around and fighting. So we haven't really um, missed anything because nothing happens. There's, there's a motorbike chase sequence with Barbara and Dick. Oh yes, uh, that's right. There's yeah. the poison now, ivy not, neon funny, skating right? fight. Who builds a bridge a hundred meters in the air, doesn't finish it, and leaves it open for bike gangs to ride off? Also, what bike gangs decide that they will meticulously construct a race course and set rings on fire and make ramps and things instead of going out and terrorizing the neighborhood? Yeah, I'm not being funny. What sort of fucking gangs are these? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah there's all that kind of shit going on none of it's important couldn't give a flying fuck about any of it um we then get to an arg- another argument between batman and robin obviously over ivy uh, and this is where we get because they find out that, that that she's drugging them this is where we get absolutely my favorite line and i think it's probably there to an extent in the script but i am giving full credit to this one for clooney this is the best thing he does in the whole film if not one of the best things in his career his delivery of she wants to kill you dick is absolutely the best line in the entire film and it's all on his delivery yes absolutely it's absolutely superb to to a point I'd, i'd almost like to imagine that the word dick wasn't in the script so would i um, I, it really does feel like that comes straight out of Clooney. Yeah. It really does. Um, it, it's, it is the only point in this film where you see that little spark of life in him. Yeah. Because you know he's a good actor. And you know he's, he can be charming as fuck when he wants to be. And you know he can nail this stuff. And he absolutely does with this line. And it is the only time that you, you see what I what I believe is is the George Clooney that, that everybody likes now that is the superstar um you see him in this light and this line only and i i i can't help but think it's him yeah i I really can't um it's more of that and he might just have saved this film (laughs) he really might have um but he doesn't so uh (laughs) my next note how the fuck is this the same franchise as batman and batman returns yes (laughs) We've already covered that. Uh, it, yeah. Oh, speaking of projectors, I've missed a bit, um, or maybe I haven't, and I'm just jumping around. Yeah, uh, there, way. there is there is a section where Batgirl then sees a projection of Alfred in the back computer, like the back computer has Alfred's face in it. Yes. Um, and for some reason, he turns into Max Headroom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's you've got this super advanced, super evolved computer, so evolved that you can put uh, an image of the uh, like a holographic image of a person inside it but it was and... also a thing that he'd sort of he'd, he... i don't think he used the phrase uploaded my consciousness but that's kind of the impression you've got is that he yes. makes he made a digital copy he's of himself yeah uh but he's max headroom stuttering and glitching all over the place. yeah um and he, he just so happens 
to have realized that his niece would want to be a superhero too so he just so happens to have made her the fucking perviest jailbait costume possible no i'm not being dirty old man i was gonna say he's gonna be a dirty old fucker because that thing is skin tight which means he knows her measurements to the millimeter uh to the point where again nipples did it have nipples? I thought they had. They were sort of lined across the front of the breast, so you couldn't. There weren't nipples on it, but they might as well have been. Oh well, yeah, I I missed up. It was. I think it, I think it was kind of ridged. I did pause for yeah. a second there, um, but yeah, I think they were sort of ridged rather than nipples, just to no, not offend anybody. Is there really that much of a difference between a nipple and a ridge? Apparently so. Okay, uh, but yeah, again, absolutely skin tight. We get the butt shot when she's putting it on. Just equal opportunities. Uh, yeah, the, the only difference is that when um, when he had uh, with um, Batman and Robin, he had the crotch shot with the utility belt. With her, you just slightly higher, so right at the bottom of the frame was her belt. So you didn't quite see south of the yeah. border, and I think that no, it's all it's all it's all T and A here. Yeah, and at that point, you think, what's the fucking point? You've seen everything else. Yeah. You've gone that close on her ass, you can see what she had for lunch anyway. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, Absolutely terrible. So, Robin's gone off alone on a sulk anyway, moving on quickly. Um, Another nonsensical thing here. He's wearing rubber lips at this point. Ivy kisses him, but he's wearing rubber lips because he's wise to her games by this point. Well, yeah, because at this point, they've they've worked out it's a trap, haven't they? They know that uh, she she puts a Robin signal up. Yeah. Yeah. So... He's on a giant fucking lily pad type thing with her. Yeah. He peels off the rubber lips. And then she obviously sees that he peels the rubber lips off. He's very, very close to her to the point where they're leaning in. They haven't quite pulled away from the kiss. Instead of immediately grabbing him and kissing him again, yeah. she decides to push him into the water. Yes. Worst supervillain ever. Like, but I mean, her her entire supervillain ethos was kind of crap anyway, wasn't that? Her 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 entire as Poison Ivy in in the, in the comics and where you've seen her portrayed elsewhere. There's generally a a thing where she wants to do right by the planet. You know, she feels the pain of the planet. All those. In this one, she kind of goes, "I'm Mother Nature. I'm going to take over the world." And again, it's this character you just can't. What? Where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, it's all. Yeah. And again, the whole playing God thing with you know, the were they snake plant hybrids that she made? It was yeah, kind of, like a, it was kind of like a flower with a snake's head popping out the middle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, really, what the what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, again, horrible. Um, she ends up getting eaten then by this fucking man. It's kind of Audrey too, thing. isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then we don't see her again. Yeah, that's it. She's done. She's done. Like rubbish. But it's just. It's a Game of Thrones death. They're just like, yeah, bored of you now. Yeah, I've had, I've had enough now. We'll, we'll, it, it'll look good, but it doesn't actually mean anything because nobody will give a fuck. No, because we because we need to get the finale because we're already fucking near enough two hours in. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. That's another thing with this film. It's far too fucking long. Um, but we're already that far in. Uh, we get to the finale, and this is where Batgirl comes into her own. Like, yes. She's she's excellent in this scene, um, most of the way through, and then they flush it down the toilet. 
But like before, like she shows up, and before she throws down, she gives this whole feminist speech to Poison Ivy. She shows up, she's like, "Yeah, chicks like you give women a bad name," and then completely kicks her ass back into the fucking yeah pod thing where it swallows her up. Um, there, oh, there's a shot where Robin's drowning as well. There's yeah, a shot of him coming up for air, which is obviously reversed. Like, yes. the most obviously reversed shot I have ever seen. But Why not only that. Like, literally, you need one actor and some water. Like, yeah. you couldn't have reshot that, honestly. No, I was trying to work out what was going on there. Because I, I, I assumed that she pushed him into the water and there was some sort of plant holding him under. Is, is that right? Because it, it really didn't fucking look that way. No, I think he just is a shit swimmer. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe that suit's not that, no, not that good for swimming then. Yeah. We get another terrible line here. Um, Batgirl, not very PC. What about Batperson? That literally makes no sense. Yeah, from Batman. Yeah, that literally... Shove it up your ass. No sense. Because Batperson would describe all three of them. That is well, a well, no, plural form. That makes yeah. no sense. No they fucking are... film makes no sense. Yeah, they are bat people. One would be a bad person, yes, but there are three of them, so it makes no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. Also, to me, bat person would suggest something more akin to man bat, because yeah. it is a bat person, as opposed to somebody who's just dressed like a bat. As a bat, yeah. Anyway, it's a horrible line that makes no sense. Um, so then they all like ride away on their respective vehicles. Um, yeah. Now, um, this is, the vehicles are not the piss on me in general, but what is is Robin in like a fucking Zamboni or something for this last bit? It's, it's bad, isn't it? It's, uh, I, I was just looking at it, going, it's it's like a Zamboni, but with his with his logo in a bright fucking fluorescent light on the front. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Oh man, I just oh no. Yeah, I, I, there's also what. Inexplicably, in order to get on the bike, Batgirl yeah. puts a helmet on. Yes. The second she gets off the bike, she takes it off and throws it away. Like, yes. literally two or three seconds later. Right, A, how the fuck are you getting home then? Because you now don't have a helmet to ride your bike. And B, you're about to go into a fight. Kind yeah. of thinking a helmet would be useful if you have yeah. one. Also, in terms of producing your identity, it actually covered more of your head. Yeah, well, she she clearly takes the helmet off because Schumacher went, no, we need to see your hair blowing in the wind, love. Yeah, we want people to remember you're a girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that makes no fucking sense, although I don't know why I care by this point. <laughs> I was going to say, this is not the first time it makes no sense, so it shouldn't have come as a surprise to you. Yeah, I, I mean, then there's this whole fucking sequence with, with the two of them, where they're involved in their fight and they plunge in, they, they plummet into their death. Um, and you get the whole, I got you. No, I got you, as she pulls him up. And she's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> she literally saves Robin's life. Um, yeah, and then uh, when they get back back up into the telescope and the, you know, the computer needs reprogramming or manually programming to get the status, he's like, Dick's first thought is, oh, well, I, I'm all right. I, I can probably do it. And she's like, get out the fucking way. Yeah. You know, but and again, it's just a thing that. Well, yeah, okay. I'll, Batman can't do it because you know Batman's busy, so I'll have to do it. And no, no comprehension whatsoever. And again, her her response is, 
no, I'll do it because I know what I'm doing. Fuck off. And, and that's awesome. At this point, yeah. right? And, I, and the way and the way that's delivered as well, it's it's it's, it's so dismissive. It's she perfect. Is excellent. She nails it. For right throughout this whole sequence, she's excellent. As I say, the choreography is all really good as well, just like it has been previously for what it is, you know, for the type of fight it is. Then we have the whole I got you, no I got you, and my note here says, to be fair, Batgirl is pretty fucking awesome. Thanks in no small part to Alicia Silverstone. So mm. then we get the fight. They leave Bane to die, which is a bit odd and not at all like the Bat family. Um, yeah. But but then we get this bit with the computer. No, I can't, they, they pull the thing out of the back of his head and they pull the, yeah. the Venom tube out and yeah. he just you know, shrivels. And they just leave him to die. Uh, and then we yeah. get to this bit with the computer and, and she's like, I'm on it. No, I'm on it. And it's again, it's they play back to what they did with I got you, no, I got you, and they, they're having this squabble between them, like brother and sister. Yeah. Um, and then she, you know, she starts tossing out these kind of feminist ideals again. It's like men always have to do everything the hard way and stuff like that. And it's all good. It's, it's like hmm. they're really doing some stellar work here. And this is about, it's, I think this just slightly predates the whole girl power thing this is right on the cusp of it it would it would have been around about the same time as this was it would have been written in 95 shot in uh, 96 they wrapped the beginning in 97 so we launched summer 97 so you're kind of on point with it stuff like that but we haven't hit like buffy and stuff yet it isn't really no you you kind of you kind of just prior yeah it's it's just about to start she's she's kind of proto buffy at this point and she really does feel like that in her character as well Mm. Um, but then all of that is pissed away in one line where Robin turns around and says, you're pretty good at this little girl. I, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, no, she, she responds by, she, 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 she responds and calls him little face, boy. But that, and it's too late. It, it, at that point. Yeah. It undermines everything they've done until that point where you go, actually, yeah, she's, no, what they're doing with her is quite good. Oh no. Yeah. Because then she throws it back and says, watch and learn little boy. And it, just feels cheap and horrible at that point. Yeah. Like they literally flushed her entire character down the toilet at that point. It's a shame because she's excellent. <laughs> but there you go. That's this film. Um Yeah. That's it. I think there were there were a lot there's a lot more potential than there was delivery. Yeah. Um yeah, I, we, we're nearly at the end, thankfully, guys. Um, we get, right at the end, we get the most Batman thing in the whole fucking film. And again, this is a point where I'm convinced Clooney could do Batman well. Um, he cuts a fucking mean silhouette as Batman. There's a low-angle shot looking up at Batman yeah. in silhouette when freezes down. And he looks at him and does the most Batman thing that we've seen Batman do in the entire franchise. In that he looks at him and he goes, I, I've not written the line down but it's essentially, you can be a better person than this, and I can help you. Don't let vengeance swallow you whole. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's the most Batman moment of this entire run of the franchise, I think, where he literally just says, we can work together, I can help you. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. And it's awesome. Which to, be, to be fair, if he, if he just said that in the beginning, it would save us two yeah. really, really whole, long hours. But but then you did they sort of put a bow on it, and kind of the whole film sort of means something now because they're sort of trying to say something about the nature of vengeance, albeit very yeah. poorly, In- very poorly and far too briefly, poorly. Um, so actually, we do see Ivy one last time. I said we don't see her after she gets swallowed, but we do see her one last time with Freeze yes. and Ivy in Arkham. Uh, 
and there is a line winter has come at last they beat game of thrones by 20 odd years here to be fair to them so you can give them that much uh, but, yeah ah uh, no, if if they wanted to go from more sinister, to, uh, more sinister, less family friendly tone, uh, you, you could have kept Winter is Coming, and then just implied all sorts was going to happen. Uh, well, I to to be fair, I kind of got that from it anyway. It was certainly played that way. Yeah, uh, I kind of assumed that. Yeah, he just shot a load into her, um, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he shot a load of icicles. Um, maybe that's come straight out of her back, wouldn't they? I don't know. You're straight through. Because I, I know icicles are kind of pointy, aren't they? Yeah, I guess. It, would his be diamonds, though? Which would be worse, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's going to chafe on the way through as well. Mm. Don't know. I mean, not she's thought. technically a giant plant. She needs water. <laughs> just, yes, very true. Just saying. Um, yeah, I don't think they do well with salt water, do they? Would he be salt water? Oh yeah, of course it would be salt water. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Oh. Oh. Fucking yeah. hell! Wrap this up. <laughs> Look what this is doing to us. Jesus. Yeah. Um. To be fair, you said about there's there's um the point with um that one that one line about you no know, and sort of where they sort of come onto the nature of angels and all that stuff. There were some really nice touches I thought in this film whereby, um, again, um, in the Adam West series, you know, they were they were they were always ridiculed a little bit. He had no, he had shark repellent. He'd have you no, know, whatever scrape he happened to get into that week, he'd always have a gadget to get out of it. And a lot of that is the fact that you know, because of his intellect, because of the way he was wired, the way the way he, he was so methodical in his thinking, he could kind of preempt what people were going to do. So he would always build the thing or have the thing they needed at that point. So when he knew, you know, when there was a likelihood that somebody had a shark and he was going to drop into a shark tank, he had shark repellent. And in much the same way, like they all had these, you know, the heat guns, so, because they knew the free, you know, freeze was the the person causing them all these problems at the moment. He was one doing all these diamond heists. So having these um, very small, very powerful lasers that could, you know, they could break out, they could melt ice. It kind of feel, you no, know, it kind of harks back to that where everything is called, everything is considered mm-hmm. before you get there. Yeah. And I thought that worked really well. There are moments, like I say, that that last moment proves and it makes it worse because it proves they could have pulled this off like yes. they could have done a live action heart of ice Clooney could have carried it I'm not sure yeah. Schwarzenegger could have but someone could no have. I think I think you'd need uh, you'd need a better actor for that yeah but someone like, like an, an actual an actual actor who can emote and stuff and take out all the fucking puns yeah or I mean at this point in time before he was somebody we don't speak of I mean you just go to Kevin Spacey well, yeah. Like, I, I, he would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you, well, you say that, I mean, you think of the, and the equally hammy turn he did as Lex Luthor in Superman Returns. Yeah, different it's, character though is the thing. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of, you kind of get because of that's that's the sort of performance you'd have got from. I think I don't, I don't think. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I think it's a moot point anyway. I'm not entirely sure it would have uh, would have panned out. Mm. I th- I'd take him over Schwarzenegger. Yeah, mm. maybe, but um, yeah, it's a moot point now anyway because uh, nobody will touch him. No, not with a barge pole. Um, anyway, moving off that political hotbed. Um, yeah. From like a year and a half ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still relevant. I. I still don't think he's worked since. Uh, no, I don't think he has, is he? 
Um, I don't know what else to say about this film other than I have seen it far too many times now. I, I've seen it twice, and that's one and a half too many. I think um, this is probably about my fourth or fifth, and it's at least one too many because I definitely did not want to rewatch it ever again. <laughs> well, now you never have to because your, your your feelings are uh, immortalized. Forever. If anybody would like to win a disc of Batman and Robin, <laughs> by all yeah, means, um, I... tweet me with your address. You can fucking have it. First one to tweet me can have it. Yeah, that's uh, at DD Podcast Net. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, this film was bad. I mean, I I, I went out to get. I didn't have it. I had Batman and Batman Returns. Um, went looking for it. I could buy it on its own on iTunes for nine quid or I could buy the whole collection for 17 quid. And I thought, you know, fuck it. I'm never, I'm, once I've watched it now, I'm never going to watch it again. So I went to HMV thinking I'll buy it on its own for like three quid. You cannot buy it on its own anyway. You can only buy it in a set. Now the, the two disc set you got, I think was half of the four disc set. I got with the four films on it. It shouldn't be sold in the manner that I bought it. So no, but that's not down to the seller, not the buyer. So you know, yeah, that's somebody with taste bought all four and went, oh, I don't fucking want Fair these that. two. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I I, I picked up this uh, this four disc set. Um, I picked up this four disc set and was quite happy to. Oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, ch- I'll chuck the other three on and maybe just uh, neglect to have a look at this one again. And I think that's probably the case. I don't think I will ever need to watch this film again. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't even well received. It didn't make, it, it made its money back. Um, it made $43 million in opening weekend in, in the US. Um, in total, it made something like 110 million in North America and a further 140 internationally. So it made $250 million uh, on a budget of 125. So it made its money back. But I mean, this thing should have been an absolute gold yeah. mine based on what had come before. And it just kind of didn't work. Um, you... Clooney's apologised for it. Schumacher's apologised for it. Um, Schumacher's also blamed Warner Brothers for um, for making it. What's, what was the phrase? Too toyetic. Uh, it's all on him. I, I've I've no yeah. doubt the studio were pushing, but oh, I'm sure they were. But at the end of the day, if if, if you're him. directing that movie, you're the one who carries the can. You're the one who's got to say yay or nay. And if you let the studio dictate, then you might as well not be there. You might as well just let the studio do it themselves. Yeah. Um, you, you might have heard a sharp intake of breath then when you were saying about the the, uh, the opening take. I suddenly remembered, and I don't know how this slipped my fucking mind. Um, I went to a midnight screening of this <laughs> on the night it opened. Um, I, I went first weekend. I mean, I think it opened here. On, I think films used to open on a Thursday here. Um, and I think I went on a Saturday or the Sunday because that was like World Cinema Day. So it was only a couple of days. It was certainly first weekend that I went. It was it was World Cinema Day. Films open here on a Friday. But now they do. I think they did then as well. I, I'm fairly sure it was no, Thursday they, back then. No, they did then. The Thursday was the World Cinema Day though, and that's the reason we had a midnight screening uh, okay. in my local miners' hall, <laughs> which is also our cinema. So I didn't even watch it in like an Odeon or a Cineworld or other cinemas are available. Um, I watched it on essentially a screen probably about twice the size of my TV now <laughs> with stereo sound in circle seats because we had circles and stalls. Yeah. Um, but 
I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I was it like this this cinema would show like two films a week. You would wait like two months to get a new film because it would have to do the circuit yes old world stuff so to get something on opening night like i was fucking pumped for this film like it was batman i was watching it on opening night i was going to stay up late because it was midnight i was fucking stoked (laughs) and then i saw this pile of shit Um, but even so like i said i came out there and i think maybe i was riding high on all of that as well because i knew it was shit but i was still like Oh yeah, that was cool. That was that was Batman and Uma Thurman was hot and Batgirl's awesome and I saw that like before loads of other people. This is amazing. Um, it's amazing how easily influenced you are as a teenager, isn't it? Yeah, I think your uh, your priorities are slightly different when you're a young and old model. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. All right, so I mean, yeah, that's that's Batman and Robin. So I've I've got to I think I know the answer, but I've got to ask you: Is it better than Super Mario Brothers? It is only like a Nats pube better than Battlefield Earth. It is certainly not better than Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I have the same opinion. I, I think I said to you on Saturday when I was watching this that I'm, this could actually compete with Battlefield Earth for the worst film I've ever seen. The only saving grace is that it's fucking Batman. If it wasn't Batman, I, I, totally I couldn't agree. care less. And I wouldn't, yeah, I would now be throwing the DVD at the wall until it's smashed. And at least it makes some semblance of sense, which Battlefield Earth doesn't at all. No, um, so I mean, yeah, I think so. It's yeah, it's marginally, and we're talking, you know, finite margin, um, marginally better than Battlefield Earth, but nowhere near on a par with uh, with, with Mario Brothers. No, um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't find any redeeming features. There were some nice touches, but there were no redeeming features to this film whatsoever. I mean. Where the fuck do we go from here? I I, I don't. <laughs> well, I've, I've got a cracker for you. Actually, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I found one that may even be worse than this. But uh, we'll wow. we'll see you next time. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean that's uh, Batman and Robin. If you're one of the like, three people on the planet who like this film, um, please let us know. Get in touch. Let us know why because I can't fucking work it out. Um, yeah, get in touch uh, via our website ddpodcast.net. Uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, with the Double Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at DD Podcast Net. Uh, but yeah, until next time. See you later.